I felt really, really comfortable teaching other people about it and explaining not only the medical science behind it, but also the spiritual, emotional reasons to do these practices. So I actually got additional training in yoga therapy. I'm a certified yoga therapist. So I did three years of training, almost a thousand hours of training to learn these principles so that I could understand it better for myself, but then also understand how to help other people access these tools in a really, really accessible way. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. In the past five years, I have spoken to more and more medical doctors who have left their practice and symptom-driven medicine to pursue functional medicine and actually focus on the root cause of many of our health problems. So why is this happening more and more? Well, it's because we aren't getting healthier. We are getting sicker. And it's pretty disheartening as a practitioner to describe the same medications for the same problems like diabetes, autoimmunity, hypertension, high cholesterol, anti-inflammatories, and not see any improvement in your patient over time. At some point, you have to stop and wonder if what you're doing is truly helping or if it's just a band-aid on the problem until a further complication arises. So given that this is happening to so many practitioners that I know, I invited Dr. Avanti Kumar Singh to the show specifically because she's one of those doctors who after spending many, many years focusing on symptom-based management, she was inspired to focus on true healing solutions. Through Ayurveda, which is an ancient Eastern approach to healing the body, Dr. Avanti has tapped into three steps for processing and digesting emotional and physical toxins. Sounds like we could all use some of that. We were also going to dive into breath work and the best way to eat for healing the body. What I love so much about her approach and the approach of Ayurveda is that healing happens from within and we have the capacity, even the birthright to make that healing happen. So before I bring her on, I want to quickly sing her praises. Dr. Kumar Singh demystifies Ayurveda and other integrative medicine showing how these simple ancient practices are the key to unlocking health in modern life. Having encountered limitations of Western medicine, Dr. Kumar Singh left her career after years in emergency medicine to study the traditional ancient healing practices of the East with an emphasis on Ayurveda. She now teaches these traditions to students and practitioners around the world. Today, she bridges the gap between Western and Eastern medicine, helping others discover the healing within themselves. Well, let's bring her on to the show. Hey, one more thing. I want to share something that I've been consistently using for my energy levels all year long. As a new mama, I am always on the lookout for effective and easy ways to boost my energy, especially my mental energy. Now, this year, I added Organifi's green juice to my morning routine, and I love it. The organic green juice is made with 11 superfoods, and it's easy to make, and it tastes amazing. And luckily, Organifi has given me a promo code to share with you so that you can add it to your morning routine. Use promo code Dr. Marisa, that's D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A, and get 15% off your order at Organifi.com slash Dr. Marisa. I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode, and you are going to want to try it. 
Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Kumar Singh. How are you doing today, girl? I am so well. It's so nice to be with you, Marisa. Mm, I am so excited to have this conversation. I have just had an opportunity to go look in your book. And today, I think so many of us are needing the, the processes and the steps that you've created for not only digesting our emotional and physical well-being, all the stuff that we're dealing with, like getting to that point of well-being, but also you have a beautiful, simple breathwork routine to help us increase not only our energy, but also help to boost our mood. I'm so excited because I know we are desperate for this right now more than ever. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's actually something I get asked a lot about, especially in this past year with everything going on in the world with a pandemic. I think it's become even more relevant for everyone's health on a daily basis. And it's something that I really like to think about as sort of assessing on a daily basis is what I call, you know, course correction every day and really like looking at what's going on overall in your life and then assessing how is that showing up for you in your body and your mind, in your emotions, right? So I think that it's a a very timely topic to talk about. Hmm. I love the idea of us being able to do this on the daily to do that daily check-in. I can't wait to get into that because I love a tool for daily check-in. I'm a big fan of daily rituals and just daily ways in which to realign ourselves back to kind of the intention that we created for our day, you know, versus the chaos that we get caught up in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dr. Kumar Singh, honey, tell me what was the impetus what what got you into you know not only Ayurvedic medicine but also breath work and really channeling into healing some of that emotional stuff that we we tend to get stuck in? I'll start from this is that you know my my interest in Ayurveda came really it was sort of a return to what I grew up with. I'm South Asian. I grew up with Ayurveda as part of my daily life. It was just the way we did things on a daily basis. You know, I am a Western-trained physician, an allopathic med- uh, doctor. I went to medical school here in Chicago and trained in emergency medicine. And, you know, like many people, got very sick while I was in my training, right, and in my early career. And I went looking for answers because I wasn't getting all of the answers from Western medicine. Yes, it gives a lot of answers, but not all the answers. And so I kind of went back to what I grew up with because I realized when I did some reflection that as a kid, you know, up until I was 18 years old and living at home with my parents, I never got sick. I didn't have any health issues, right? And what, what had changed from that time, you know, even through college, I was pretty healthy, but it was when I got to medical school that everything went to hell for me physically and, and emotionally, quite honestly. And so I think just thinking about what is actually happening in my life and taking a, like a hard look at myself, because what it came down to for me is that I was pursuing this career to help other people heal. And in the process, I was getting sicker every day. And the irony of that is so great when you're in the medical profession and the health professions, right? You're trying to learn how to help other people. And in the process, you're hurting yourself. And I was sort of like, well, if I continue down this path, I'm not going to be able to help anybody, right? So I went back to what I grew up with. And, you know, it was a very long process of 
thinking about, you know, what things can I start to add back to my life that I used to do as a kid growing up? Because I did have a very, very hectic life. I was in medical school and medical training. I had just gotten married. I had both my kids while I was in medical school. So I was being pulled in a bazillion directions. So I had to be realistic also. It wasn't like, you know, all of a sudden I decided to just, you know, take a retreat from my life and like, you know, have a, an amazing daily ritual of doing this, this, and this, and eating exactly right. That just wasn't reality. So I had to do things slowly and take some time to do that. As far as the breathwork piece goes, it was about five years ago after being in Ayurveda and integrative medicine, teaching, speaking, seeing patients, that I realized for me, there was a gap in my knowledge. I didn't know enough about meditation, about basically about the tools of yoga, right? Asana and breath work and meditation, where I felt really, really comfortable teaching other people about it and explaining not only the medical science behind it, but also the spiritual, emotional reasons to do these practices. So I actually got additional training in yoga therapy. I'm a certified yoga therapist. So I did three years of training, almost a thousand hours of training to learn these principles so that I could understand it better for myself, but then also understand how to help other people access these tools in a really, really accessible way. Yes. Yes to accessible. I think I'm just, you know what I keep thinking about is that you were in medical school and you got married and you had two children in the process of that. Like, I'm just trying to imagine how that is even possible. <laughs> no wonder you were burned out. No wonder you were feeling, feeling it. Like, I can't imagine, you know, I, you know, just having, I just was talking to you about recently becoming a mom and I didn't know how encompassing it was. Like, I can't imagine studying anatomy or physiology or toxicology with a, like a six month old or, or a five week old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And then, you know, it's really interesting because I've been actually reflecting on this a lot is that when you're in that process, you don't even it's hard to sometimes apply what you're learning to yourself. So here I am learning about hormones and how all these pathways work. And I'm not even realizing that I'm totally screwing up my own hormonal pathways with how I'm living my life. And no wonder I don't feel well. Right. And so it's, it's on, it's that reflection back of, wow, I wish I had taken a little more time <laughs> to think about these things so that I could have adjusted as I went, but that's okay. I am where I am now. You are where you are. Absolutely. Exactly. And and you you did get to you did it all, you know, and and then you had that opportunity to assess, which I love, and kind of figure out where you could get nourished, where you can find that physiological balance. And I know that's what we're talking about today. And I think that everyone has their own version of taking on so many things all at the same time. And we, the repercussions of that, right? The deregulation of so many hormone systems that we're talking about. And gosh, once the domino falls, it all kind of just falls. And so I'm sure that you were feeling that. Well, I want to get into, I know we got a lot of solutions to cover, but I just wanted to just take a moment and just honor you and your journey because that is so remarkable. I appreciate that. Thank you. So in all of the work and all of the studying that you did, you know, to really come to this place, you have three steps for processing and digesting emotional and physical toxins. And I would say that the emotional, um, I, what I consider to be two of the biggest root causes for disease today 
our, our, our emotional trauma, um, you know, emotional stuff, and then also physical toxins too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it's it's interesting because we look at it a little bit differently in Ayurveda, which it has an integrated approach. But really, when I'm talking about toxins, I'm talking about the idea these things are coming into your senses all day, every day, from every aspect of your life, right? It's coming, and so it's creating emotional, physical, mental toxins or or symptoms that are showing up. But the actual toxins are coming from all areas of your life. And the five main ones that we really think about in Ayurveda are your lifestyle and routines, your career, work, passions, whatever you want to call it, your environment, your relationships, and then of course your diet, right? In the West, we're very, very focused on diet, which is absolutely warranted. And it's also not the whole story, right? You know, that's probably one of the things that I really try to impart on students and patients, you know, who come to my lectures and workshops is that it's not just about your diet because so many people will say to me, I've changed this, I've gotten rid of this, I've eliminated this, and I still won't feel well. And it's because they're not looking at these other areas of their life. And are there things coming from those areas of your life that are affecting your health, that are creating these symptoms that are showing up as physical symptoms, mental system uh, symptoms, and, and physical and emotional symptoms, right? And so that's sort of the frame that I just want to make sure that we that your, your listeners have is that when I'm talking about toxins from an Ayurvedic framework, it's about how is everything in your life affecting you and showing up for you? I love that. I, I always say on the show, you can't green smoothie or kale salad your way out of chronic stress or trauma. And I think that's what you're, you're right. We, we've been told that, okay, if we just change our diet or we, we take more supplements or we can, we can shift everything that's happening in our bodies, but we have to recognize that there are other inputs coming in other stressors coming in or even toxins physically, you know, toxins in terms of what's coming in that are impacting us that I don't care how many green smoothies and green juices you drink. You're not going to, we're not going to heal that. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly, I mean, you hit it on exactly on the head, which is that just focusing on those things, those are important things, but they're not the whole story. And when so many of us, in this culture have been sort of programmed to think of toxins in a very narrow way as environmental toxins or toxins in our food or in our skincare products. That's all, yes, absolutely. It's critical to your health, but it's not the only thing. You have to consider these other places because like you said, you can you know drink all the green kale smoothies that you want. And if you're not addressing the relationships that are creating this toxic load in you, you're still going to have the emotional symptoms of depression or anxiety or, you know, or feeling angry all the time or whatever it is. And then that those emotions show up as other symptoms. You have headaches, you have a severe fatigue. It's like a domino effect. Yes. So I think it's so important for for people to start to widen and sort of broaden their perspective of where these different imbalances are coming from in their life. Yes. And when we're talking about breath work, and I want to speak into breath work, you know, we're hearing so much about it and the, the benefits of it 
you know, I would love for you to speak into, because I know, you know, one of the things we're going to get into is this beautiful routine, but why, why breath work? So breath work, quite honestly, it's powerful medicine. It's free. It's available anytime, right? We know that the breath is actually where the body and the mind meet quite literally. Our breath can tell us so much about what's going on inside of our bodies, right? So, you know, the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system, they are all related to stress response and relaxation response. We have a direct effect on our breath when we're stressed. There's a tiger running after us, you know, that that same old picture from high school biology. Our breath rate increases. Our body physiologically will get us into a mode to get away from the danger. Now, the thing is, and, you know, I actually just did a podcast episode a week ago about this, that, you know, this chronic perceived stress, it's not just the tiger chasing us physically. It's the anticipation of, oh my gosh, is it going to jump out at any time? Is it going to show up tomorrow or next week, right? That's sort of what we're always going through in Western culture, in our modern day lives. We're chronically stressed about- The potential. Yes, the potential. The conversation we have to have with the loved one tomorrow, you know, the big presentation at work next week or a conflict we're having at work. Those are all the stressors that are causing these physiological response in our body, which quite literally is related to our breath. We can use our breath as sort of a measure of what's going on. And so if we know that our stress response will increase our breath rate, then the opposite is also true. If we can learn to control our breath or affect or change our breath, we can actually then also influence our stress response or our relaxation response which then again has a whole cascade that comes from there. So that's why the breath is so incredibly powerful because it's something we do every day without knowing. It's involuntary. It's automatic. It's automatic, yep. It's free and you can literally do it anywhere, anytime. You don't need anything. In talking about the perceived chronic stress and the anticipation of the perceived chronic stress, you know, I think on average, the average woman's probably, I would say, firing off the stress response system more than a dozen times a day. You know, there's always a worry. There's a, you, there's always a clutch the pearls moment. Like, oh my goodness, you know, just like, what do we forget? What happened? You know, or what are you what are you anticipating? Given that that is the case, and so often, I always say that stress is so insidious because it is silent. Oftentimes, we do not know that we're even in it. It's just how we're operating on our day to day, and so much so, I know for me, way back in the day, I was addicted to stress. I actually used it as my slight edge. So I was like, always like, let me activate this stress response system. Totally similar to you, completely burned out. Given that that's the case, how often should we be integrating this simple breathwork routine? One, if we don't know that we're in it. And two, if we're pretty much in the stress response mode, often throughout the day. So I think, again, everything that we're talking about starts with awareness, right? Integrative medicine in general, any of these practices is all about becoming aware first. And so I think just having the awareness that, you know, maybe I'm in a stress response all the time because I'm like, that's my edge or that's sort of how I function in my life. Just realizing that that might be the problem is the first step. 
And then I think it's also, you know, honestly, it's setting up some scheduled times to actually tap in and, and slow down and tap in with yourself and check in with yourself, right? So I have I have something that I often will prescribe to people, which is just what I call a mindful pause. Set an alarm on your phone three times a day where you take a mindful pause and literally do the same thing for that mindful pause. You stop what you're doing, you close your eyes, take a few slowed breaths, check in with what's going on in your body, right? And just focus on your inhale and exhale. And then when you're ready, a few moments later, you just come back to the world, open your eyes, sort of like blink yourself back and and then take a couple deep breaths and start again, right? Right there, you have started to train your brain to think, I need to start slowing down. And you're giving yourself that little rest, you know, throughout the day. I think that's a good place to start because to think that you're going to go from this high stress, you know, sort of like almost addiction to stress and suddenly be, you know, meditating on a mat, that's just not going to happen, right? (laughs) So, so true. And that's, you know, it's the same thing I tell everyone is have your phone is your best ally here is having a little chime to go off you know, multiple times a day where that is your your mindful pause, kind of that moment to reset so that you can be intentional about pulling yourself out of the stress response mode. And that what I think about those, I love the same language. I, I always say it's sending the brain safety signals. Absolutely. I have my little chimes that go off. Yeah. You know? you know, I also think about it as like touch points throughout the day. When I talk to people about creating routines, healthy routines for themselves, I'm talking about really creating these like almost touchstones where you have like these big rocks that you touch each day. That's a reminder to slow it down a little bit, to just check in with yourself. And that is a signal to your brain. Okay. I know what's coming next. You know, I know that I can relax. There's some predictability in my schedule. So these kinds of scheduled chime mindful pauses, if they're at the same time every day, your body knows that it can, it can expect that, right? So it's exactly what you're saying. It's like you're training your brain to realize that there's safety in what you're doing. Yes, and exactly. And it's it's a training process. You know, we think about neuroplasticity and how your brain is just, it's just responding. That, that anticipation is your brain saying, hey, hey, hey something may come up, you know, and it's, it's doing its best to warn us, to prepare us. And I love the idea that we can retrain the brain to be like, oh, you know what, that homework assignment or that, that presentation or that conversation, I got this. It's all good. We're not going to, we're not going to freak out, but you know, in, in anticipation around that. And I love that idea of integrating that touchstone into your day. Our, you know, when you're we're talking about awareness, I think awareness is so, so critical. I just, I get so many responses and so many emails and DMs that says, I have no idea. And I was like, I get it. But that is always the first step. You know, there's always the first step to really knowing our bodies and, and connecting into that intuition. And Dr. Kumar Singh, I don't know if it's mostly women you connect into or if it's both men and women. I know, but for us, this is a woman's driven podcast and there could be some guys listening, hey, but that there's an there's an inner intuition, there's an inner pilot light that we get to connect into. So when you're talking about kind of becoming more aware, is that becoming more a, a, in tune with what's going on with us? Like that kind of check-in? 
Yeah. You know, so I, I write a lot about this idea of an inner healer, right. And that, that really, you know, all of us that are in the health professions, we're all facilitators of your healing. We're guides. We really have all the information within us. So it's exactly that it's tuning back. It's listening to what's within, right. That when you start to connect to your intuition, whatever you want to call it, your higher self, your gut knowing, you know, there's all these different terms that we can use. When you start to connect to that, you actually have a lot more answers than you thought you did, right? You may not know exactly what to do, but you know what direction to go in. You know who to ask for guidance. I think that that's one of the things that going through Western medical training, we are taught to be almost very narcissistic in a way of thinking that we have all the answers for our patients. And that's actually just not true. I don't subscribe to that. I never have. And so I think that that takes away so much power from an individual, right? And so I really do, the main focus of my work is really helping people to reclaim that healing power and that healing wisdom that they have within them. And these are all tools, whether it's breath work, you know, mindful pauses, using meditation, using food as medicine, all of these things are, you know, doing these daily check-ins of what's going on in my life, where are the toxins coming from? Any of this awareness is basically to basically tune in to what you already know, right? That's, that's sort of the whole point for me, from my perspective. I believe that is the whole point entirely, you know, (laughs) and I love that that is your perspective as well. That tapping into that true healing, that inner healing within ourselves as our conversation happens and unfolds. I'm hoping that we're helping to facilitate people having that ability to do that in their own homes. And I think that's where a lot of healing happens. Now, I know we talked about diet and how it's, you know, it's, it's the, not that, I mean, food is definitely medicine. But we, we know we got to reframe a little bit, you know, in this Western culture here. But I know that in, in Ayurveda, that there is diet that supports the mind, the body, the spirit. And it's looked at in a very, a, a much more holistic and integrative way. Can you speak into that as well? Yeah. So, you know, it, Ayurveda is sort of the, the original food is medicine movement, right? And the whole idea of seasonal eating, the basic essence of Ayurveda with respect to anything that we're talking about is this this idea that when we are in harmony with nature, we will have optimal health. And so when you're talking about food, it really comes down to some simple principles, which is eat with the seasons and eat with, so the the, the seasonal cycles of nature with what nature is providing, because mother nature is much smarter than we are. And then also Eat according to the daily cycle of nature, right? With the path of the sun. And really the most important thing here is the idea that when the sun is highest in the sky, that's when your internal metabolism and digestion is also at its highest. So eating your largest meal and the hardest to digest meal in the middle of the day, anywhere from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. is actually the best thing for your health. And you want to make breakfast and dinner lighter and easier to digest. That's pretty much the basic, most important principle when you're talking about Ayurveda. I can get into food lists and, you know, spices and all of that, but those are all secondary. Once you understand this principle, it can be life-changing. I've had 
so many people who I've made this one suggestion to, which is move your largest meal to the middle of the day and then come back and talk to me in a few weeks. And it is transformed. It's it's transformational. It, it has transformed their health, quite, quite honestly, just that one little thing. Hmm. I'm thinking this has been a discussion with my husband and I about moving our biggest meal to lunch. We are such a dinner people. And this is not a part of um, Ayurveda that I'm talking about as well. But I also know that as we get older, especially for women, insulin resistance is higher in the evening. Well, it's higher in the evening for people in general. And But as for women in particular, as we hit our 40s and beyond, we're just more prone to insulin resistance. And so I've been wanting to focus our bigger meal on lunch. But it's it's a it's a pretty big lifestyle change. So we've been trying, we've been working on it. And I know we're going to get it. But we we tend to gravitate back to dinner. But I know that Italians, they are huge into, and there's a lot of cultures that are huge into a bigger lunch than for dinner. And that is something that we're working on. So I love that you brought this up. This feels like such divine timing. Yeah. And it's and it's a very simple principle. And I think again, you know, it's about also getting away from these lists and the obsession with like all of the specific details that all of us get so hung up on. Again, really important, right? It, you know, learning about food, learning about spices, the healing properties of spices, learning about, you know, whether you're gluten intolerant or not, all of those things are important. But if you're not thinking about some of these basic principles, you can be missing the boat. Again, you could be, it's it's a larger picture. And so for me, from an Ayurvedic standpoint, that's actually one of the most transformational things that you can do. Move your largest meal to the middle of the day. It's really helpful. I hear that. I'm hearing you. I'm listening. (laughs) I so appreciate this conversation, especially this little piece. Okay. So we have, what I love is the touchstones where we can check in and really help to reset, get ourselves back to being more aware and using breath in, you know, to really help support not only our endocrine system, but our stress response system, our autonomic nervous system, you know, thinking about food in terms of that meal between 10 and 2 p.m. And then is there anything else that has been such a game changer for you just in your day to day? Because I have a feeling with the family and the work that you're doing, the mission and the passion that you're doing, that you are probably just as busy as you've been in the past as well. And so what is one more thing that has really helped you ground in? I think probably the most important thing, and I think this has actually been even more important in the past year as we've been in a global pandemic, is getting outside every day. And I really try to do it earlier in the day if I can. And the reason is, again, from a health, from a medical standpoint, you're resetting your circadian rhythm on a daily basis, right? All of the hormones, melatonin, and cortisol, right? And the whole cascade that happens around them with the feedback loops and all of that stuff, we won't get into that. But needless to say, when you get that that natural sunlight to hit your retina outside, you reset your circadian rhythm, which completely changes your health. And I know that when I was in my training and when I was a young mom, like that wasn't as easy to do because I was up at all hours of the night. I'm sure that you're going through this right now with a five-month-old. Oh my goodness, yes. Right, but what you can do to help ease that a little bit is just get outside. So there's so many reasons to do that, right? It's to reset your circadian rhythm. 
but on an on a more sort of esoteric sort of viewpoint, an energetic viewpoint, what you're doing is you're getting out in nature and accessing that fresh prana, that fresh energy flow, right? You're getting that moving through your body. We know that ener- that that nature is healing. There have been studies that have that show us that. And so I think it's that combination of the sunlight and being in nature. I think that that has been transformational for my health. Even if it's for five minutes and I just go for a one walk around the block, I feel better. And I'm actually more inclined to do other things throughout the day to tap into my awareness and to check in with myself. Hmm. I love that so much. And even with a five-month-old, best believe I am resetting that circadian rhythm every single morning. I've had struggles with chronic fatigue where my cortisol levels in the morning have just been completely tanked. And so and I, I think one of the best ways that we can reset the cortisol awakening response kind of is to go outside It just go outside, even if it's just in your backyard and take, you know, five deep belly breaths, raise your arms up, you know, just really just soak in nature. But yes, the walk, mm, I just, I love walking in nature. Or, or walking around your backyard, you know, I think the key is to get outside out and see the, the daylight not through a window, if that's your only choice, then do that. But just try to get outside in, in real sunlight, real daylight, and that will change things. So I, I would say that's been just a key for me, especially this past year. These strategies, these rituals are so simplistic, but so, so powerful. These all, and they all feel, I, I, you know, checking in with everyone listening right now, like how, how simple and easy do they feel? Right. We're talking about shifting a meal. We're talking about, you know, 60 second touchstones three to four times a day, five times a day, whatever, whatever works for you. And we're talking about going outside in the morning for five minutes. And if you can do more, do more. But we're not, these aren't, these aren't, this isn't a 30 minute Epsom salt bath. This isn't, you know what I'm saying? This isn't like these extended out rituals. And what I love so much is that we're tying it back to, you know, the power of Ayurvedic medicine, which we know has, has profound healing benefits for the body. So I am just in love with these beautiful ways in which we can attune ourselves to healing ourselves. Well, and what's so beautiful about this, you know, which every day I am just blown away by Ayurveda and and the wisdom that there is, you know, it's the mother of all healing. It's the original healing science, Western medicine, you know, traditional Chinese medicine, they all come from Ayurveda. They have their roots there. But what I find so amazing is that there's scientific data, there's medical data that backs up what they knew 5,000 years ago, right? They knew that, you know, turmeric is anti-inflammatory, even though they didn't know what that meant, but they knew it was good for our health, right? They knew that meditation could shift us from the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic nervous system, right? They knew all of these things that now we can keep proving with medical science. So it just makes more sense to people, especially in the West who are very, very intellectual and very much up in their heads all the time. So I just, I, I'm always so blown away every day. And I'm so thankful that I grew up with this tradition. So it was a natural sort of return to this medicine for me. 
I am so grateful that it became a natural return for you and that you know you were able to go back to your roots and you were able to think back to a time where, gosh, I wasn't sick. <laughs> You know, I growing up and having that into having that wisdom and that intuition to tap back into this, we're seeing more and more, you know, medical doctors step into an integrative approach and even looking at at Ayurvedic medicine and looking at Ayurveda as a practice, not only for themselves, but for their patients. And I feel like you are definitely a pioneer in helping to guide us in that process. And I have a feeling that there's a lot more in your book. <laughs> there is, there is, there's a lot in my book. It's a, it's a short book and it was meant to be a primer, sort of this idea of making Ayurveda really accessible to people. Because I think the one thing that I heard for almost 10 years when I first started talking about Ayurveda and lecturing on it was, is that I've, I'm interested, but it seems so complicated and it seems so unrealistic in a modern lifestyle. And what I really wanted to do was make it accessible and adaptable to a modern life, to a Western way of living, because we're not in India, we're not in an Eastern you know, culture, and it's not 5,000 years ago. So how can we translate what we've known, you know, in this ancient wisdom and bring it into mo the modern world um, for our modern life, but also from a medical perspective, how can we find the data that supports these practices? So my whole aim in my book was really to make it short and sweet and really to help people understand how to think in an Ayurvedic way so that they could start stepping into an Ayurvedic lifestyle. Hmm. And the book is called Health Catalyst Ayurveda Self-Heal Wellness. Ooh, it's such a great title. I know it's on Amazon and, and Barnes and & Noble and everywhere books are sold. I will have the link in the show notes. Anywhere else that you would love for us to go and find you? Yeah, absolutely. I have a website, avantikumarsingh.com, where you can access all kinds of resources, materials, my online course, my book private coaching, all of that. But then I'm also on Instagram quite a bit. It's my favorite social media. I try to focus in on one. And so my Instagram is at Avanti Kumar Singh. And you can connect with me there, DM me there. I love to talk to people and help them with whatever I can. Yes. Love it. I love Instagram too. So we're definitely <laughs> yeah. going to have to connect in yeah. as well ourselves. Definitely. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming onto the show today, sharing your wisdom and disseminating it down to make it so simple for us to implement. I mean, that's the key. And I love that that was such a big, that was an intention for you so that we can benefit from that wealth of knowledge from over 5,000 years ago. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun talking to you. I hope we can do it again. Me too. What I know to be true is that we get so much of it wrong in Western medicine. Despite the best doctors and procedures and drugs, we are still one of the sickest nations. And yet there are practices and protocols that we can implement into our daily lives that can literally heal us emotionally and physically. We just have to unlock it. And that is exactly what Dr. Kumar Singh is bringing to the table today. As you heard in her interview, this is her mission to share those practices with you. She believes that self-healing, again, is your birthright and shows you exactly how to create that for yourself in her book. I love the title, Health Catalyst, How to Harness the Power of Ayurveda to Self-Heal and Achieve Optimal Wellness. What she focuses on is how to boost energy, improve digestion, 
increase mental clarity, get restful sleep, which goodness knows we all need, and feel amazing on an emotional level. So I highly recommend if you are looking for a place to start, you're looking for that health catalyst, go and grab her book. I will have the link to Amazon. It'll be in the show notes for episode 316. Thank you so much for listening today on the Essentially You podcast. This show is all about providing tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. That's what this episode was all about today. If there is someone in your life that needs to hear this today, take a moment, screenshot, send it on over to them. Or even better, share it on social. I love it when you tag the episode or you tag me up. And you can definitely use hashtags hormone literacy or hormone CEO. Coming up next is Friday. I'm actually taking a break from solo episodes. Not every Friday will I be doing a solo. I'm going to bring back some interviews. And I'm so excited for this interview with Anne Louise Getterman. We're going to be talking about how to create longevity and sharpen your brain, strengthen your body, and reverse the symptoms of aging. She knows what's up. I think you're gonna love this interview. It is spicy. She's bringing the business when it comes to radical longevity, and she does not waste any time getting to some of the best solutions out there. So definitely tune in on Friday to listen to How to Age in Reverse. I'll see you soon.